using our First Amendment rights to their fullest. It's the Jack's Loose Cannons podcast with hosts Hayden Aldersey and Tony Edwards. These guys know that something is horribly wrong with governments all over the world. If we can't discuss what's going on, we can't understand it, let alone confront it. We are in a fight to hold on to our individual liberty. Let's get into this. Here are your Jack's Loose Cannons. Welcome back to Jack's Loose Cannons. I'm Tony Edwards, and I am joined by Dr. Rich McCormick, the Republican nominee for Georgia's 6th Congressional District. Rich, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to be with you, Tony. Big fan. A big fan of you, too. I mean, um, that's crazy that we're going to have pretty much our first Jack Sluice Cannons fan almost guaranteed to go to Congress. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. This is uh, this has been a hard-fought primary. Uh, very excited what we're going to bring to Congress. This is going to be a historic time, actually. Uh, if you think about it, the if we win 17 seats, I think it'll be a bigger uh, majority than we had back in 94. If we win 29 seats, the bigger seat uh, majority than we had in 2010. And if we win 34 seats, it'll be the biggest majority we've had since the Great Depression. Wow. And the fact that you're just going to be part of it and we have so many historical um, candidates and current members of Congress that you'll be joining. We were talking about a lot of them before. And this is just an amazing Republican class that is going to be here standing up to this terrible authoritarian president we have. Now, Rich, you are a 20-year military veteran. You have served in both the Marines and in the Navy. You are a ER doctor and a father of seven. That is an amazing resume. And when I heard about you for the first time, I was definitely drawn to you. I mean, there are so many people in Congress who I would say are less than qualified. A couple of names come to mind. Certain Democrats from New York, I think we all know who we're talking about here. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. What first made you decide to get in that arena and run for Congress? Well, it, you know, it's funny. I came from a service background. Love, love my country. Uh, very patriotic. My sons love the country. Uh, at least one of my sons will end up in the Marine Corps, and, and uh, uh, I, I believe in this great nation. I believe in fundamentally what caused this nation to be so great, which is empowering people over government, which is really the 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 real heart of the matter of what makes the United States different from other countries. We're based on that premise. We, we threw out the shackles of a monarch where there isn't one person who gets to define us. There's not one person who gets to tell us what to do. There's not one person who gets to set the bar for everybody else. It is us collectively having the independence to decide our, and determine our own fate by uh, hard work and creativity and uh, and uh, just whatever we're born into is just a part of who we are, but does not define us. And that's what I love about this great country. And, and uh, I've always been a big fan of just the freedoms that we've had. And I've noticed they've kind of started slipping away from us. And in actuality, it was really going down the state capitol, getting angry at my own party at some special interests, uh, uh, that was really getting in the way of fair treatment of people and allowing people to have uh, the ability to solve their own problems, really, through uh, any, any time you have the government picking favorites, it's always a problem. And it got me so angry, I decided to run against my own state senator who was running for Congress, and uh, we won handily uh, in last election cycle. We've been reapportioned since that time. Uh, we kept at it, you know, just through hard work and perseverance. You put yourself in a good position, and that's one thing I love about uh, America, too. Everybody likes um, service. Everybody appreciates hard work. And uh, I think that's what we kind of define. 
Yeah, and you were mentioning that you were the Republican nominee back in 2020, and it was a very hard-fought election. Um, you were up on election night, and unfortunately, the Democrat ended up winning that seat. But you came right back. You're the Republican nominee in a seat that was drawn to elect another Republican, and you'll be in there, and it will be um, it will be awesome. And the fact that you just stayed in that fight and you kept fighting, that is a testament to how hardworking and uh, resilient you are. What I love about your campaign, Rich, is that um, your campaign slogan is Revive Freedom. As an ER doctor, it's definitely important that um, we bring back what made our country great in the first place um, because this this administration definitely doesn't doesn't respect that at all. That's right. Uh, this, this is the problem with uh, the way the Democratic Party has actually started to lean really hard left, which means believing in the government more than the people that's that's everything that's wrong with every other country it's not uh, we, we don't the need people to be like to them. That. it's we the government that's right and, and they, they believe the only people that should have uh the rights uh, i mean you look at any co- communist uh, dictation dictators uh, or or anybody else who has government that's more empowered than the people they're the only ones that live like kings the aristocracy is the the government and everybody else lives in poverty and and that's not the way America is designed. When you empower the people, everybody prospers. Absolutely, and um, this ties into my next question because one of the main themes, in addition to reviving freedom, that you emphasized during your campaign was toughness, and that was an amazing um, campaign ad that you did that just showed your background both in the military um, and also in the ER room. And what are some ways that you can bring this unique toughness to Congress to fight this historically weak and tyrannical administration, um, perhaps the most weakest and both um, oppressive administration in history? It's kind of an oxymoron that Biden is both of those things at the same time. But here we are. Yeah, it's, it, the sad thing is there. there's so many fronts to fight right now. and We have to pick our battles uh, there's a reality, and, and I always push back on any Republican who says they're going to do outrageous things because, quite frankly, our government was made to be inefficient. And, and I think any time that you start talking about the, the government giving you things or the government fixing your problems, you misunderstand what government's supposed to be about to begin with. And, and I think the government was was set up to have a balance of power. We've lost that. We now do everything by executive order uh, through emergency mandates. And, and we've done it for three presidencies in a row. And, and I don't want any president to be doing that. That's why we have a Congress to keep a president in check. Uh, I, I think when you lose the balance of power, look, we haven't even declared a war since World War II. Uh, when you have been to countless wars, you know, Vietnam, you go. Um, right. Iraq, they want to go to war in Ukraine now. Yep. And we haven't passed a budget. Uh, we haven't done our constitutional duty to keep government in check. And, and I think we have it all backwards now. We, we keep on. I think the cowardice that we have in Congress is that we keep on allowing the president to take more and more authority. That's not what we're intended to have at all. You want Absolutely. your representation, direct representation, which is your congressperson to stand up against anybody overreaching. I don't care if it's a Republican or a Democrat who who thinks that the president should be in charge of anything. That's why we don't want a president who can just change the regulations of a business. Or, or if anything, if you want a president to do anything, cut regulation. That means you're cutting power of government. Uh, some of these Supreme Court uh, 
decisions that he had recently, I'm really excited about. Not in a Roe versus Wade, people get confused what that was about. That's about giving states back their rights. Uh, the Chevron decision, another way to take away the overreach of federal agencies. Uh, anytime you have government being able to control you, whether it be through uh, taxation or regulation, it always ends up poorly for us. We want to empower the people with the government. That's been Reagan's message. That's been the, the message of the Republican Party since the inception, that we have freedoms that cannot be taken away by a government. And just expanding on this, um, I'm reminded of um, one of your future colleagues, uh, current Congressman Byron Donalds from um, South Florida, Florida's 19th district. I saw him speak over the weekend and he pretty much said that the left, they claim to be the pro-democracy side. But for the people who are, quote unquote, pro-democracy, they're so anti-democracy when you look at Roe and the fact that they want – you know, whether or not um, babies in the womb are considered human beings and have the right to live, they want that to be decided by judicial fiat, not by state legislatures elected by the people. And also, if you go back sometime to Proposition 8, Congressman Donalds was saying that voters overwhelmingly, the same year that they voted overwhelmingly to elect uh, President Obama in California, they voted overwhelmingly um, for Proposition 8, no to same-sex marriage in California. And the judges decided, the appointed judges decided, no, we're not going to listen to the will of the people. So the left, they're only pro-democracy, quote-unquote, when they win. That's pretty much it, right? 100%. Uh, that's, that's what they've been doing for years. And they've relied on a biased Supreme Court. By the way, the Supreme Court should not be more powerful than your legislator, too. Mm-hmm. Remember, the Supreme Court was not meant to do anything other than to support the Constitution of the United States. And we have drifted so far from that uh, that it was great. It was brilliant. One of the greatest things that President Trump did for us was appoint constitutional uh, justices to the Supreme Court. I think that it brought back balance. And once again, this isn't even about uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a pro-life guy, 100 percent. But I'm more excited about the fact that we're getting back to our Constitution because the Constitution is what really gives us even the preamble. Look, look, the the guaranteed of the pursuit of life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Those are the things that matter to us. Those are the things that Constitution are designed around. And, and that's what I want to see brought back to America. Absolutely. Well said, Rich. And um, what specific policy areas when you are in Congress? Um, there's a lot that's going on right now. What are uh, two or three policy areas that you really think are need to be addressed right now? Um, and also, what current member of Congress would you model yourself most after? Sure. Well, uh, let's start with the first questions. I think there, there are so many things. Obviously, the thing that matters most to, to people is getting back their their ability to earn a living. Uh, When you have runaway inflation, runaway energy costs, both, by the way, which were created by over-interference of the government. When you start regulating the energy uh, uh, and and when you start overspending, that's the two things that the government did, well-intending as they may have been or not have been. uh, They're the one that caused this. Uh, When the government gets over-involved, you don't have a natural balance to the economy, and they're the ones that threw off the energy costs and and caused the inflation. And we're going through the 70s as a result. Again, uh, this is this is why we have hatred of the police. We have race wars. By the way, don't think that the government's in it to fix the race wars. They make a living off of this stuff. They love to divide people. They divide and conquer. Uh, don't look to the government to solve your problems. Uh, they're the ones that create the problems. And, 100%. Uh, and if you want to look at a congressman, gosh, there's there's several that I really like. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Jim Jordan fan. Uh, I, Byron Donald's awesome. You know, there's there's several people out there I really enjoy. Uh, 
I have a lot of friends in Congress right now. It's hard to pick because some of them have great intentions, but I really want to run my own lane. I, I think it's important as a guy who who has a unique experience. And by the way, this is some more things that we're going to tackle out there. Uh, healthcare is is coming. I mean, we've been kicking this can down the, the street since the Clinton era. Uh, obviously, I'm probably one of the, the most current doctors. I'm going to be the most current doctor coming into Congress. Still practicing nights just right now in the ER. And, uh, and that's a great measure of where we're at is the emergency room where we kind of uh, see everything. We see all, we see the inpatient, the outpatient. We are kind of the, the conduit to, for deciding who's the sick people and, and how this, the economics of healthcare work. Uh, and then also the military. The military right now is changing in a very dangerous way. We're losing our mission. We're losing our focus on mission accomplishment. And we're trying to become politically correct like a college. These are all things that are very dangerous to the future of America, and, and I want to be involved in, in correcting that that trend, which I think is harmful to the future of America. Yeah, and it's crazy. You look at our adversaries, you look at a country like China, and they're, they're laughing at our woke military. They're researching um, weapons. It, it's crazy. You know, I'm, I'm from the state of Florida, your neighboring state, that um, our governor stands up to indoctrination in classrooms and uh, banning CRT. And it's crazy that kids in the United States are learning CRT, they're learning radical gender theory, and over China, at the same age, they're learning multivariable calculus. And it's especially with the military. The military, their goal, their pretty much only goal is to defend this country and to win on the battlefield and to win wars during wartime and defend us during peacetime. And right now, they're becoming a woke indoctrination laboratory. Yeah, that's a very dangerous trend I noticed. The day that we we had our, our uh, military folks blown up in, in Afghanistan was a horrible day for me. I'm not more more of a – I'm kind of a religious guy. I don't like to curse a lot, but I was cursing a lot that day. And as a guy who served in Afghanistan in 2016 as a head of emergency medicine in Kandahar, uh, I can tell you that, first of all, it was a totally unnecessary event. Uh, I hated that it happened. And the same day that it happened, you had the Army Sergeant Major tweeting about – equity and and social justice stuff and 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 the lbgq you know movement and just i mean that that runs me the wrong way what what is our mission our mission is to prepare men and women for battle to to put bad guys in their place and sometimes that's the grave and that's the reality of it and and we shouldn't be talking about anything else but that that unites us that mission is what unites us not not this idea that we need to talk about these these different Things that have nothing to do with the military or its mission accomplishment. The mission itself is the only thing we need to focus on that unites all people from all different backgrounds. Yep. And as you said before, though, the other side, they don't want to unite us. They want to divide us. So obvious things like that, they just look at it and they said, now nah, we're not going to do this because it doesn't help us become more powerful and, um, you know, get our ideological means. Um, but the crazy thing and the, um, the really, um, the silver lining in all of this is that a lot of veterans this year are running as Republicans. I was just talking to Nicole Rodden, um, who ran in your district in 2020, about this. Um, do you think that this increase in uh, veterans enter, entering the um, political arena as Republicans this year, do you think this helps produce a more cohesive Republican Party, especially when it comes to um, restoring honor to our military um, and fighting this woke indoctrination at a time we so desperately need it? What I think it does is it builds in a natural trust between military veterans to understand that at some time in your life, you did something bigger than yourself, something that was a sacrifice for your country. When you spend time away from your, when you spend months and years away from your family overseas, 
That is a sacrifice that you did because you believe in your great nation. You put your life on the line. You die for your country. Uh, that, that to me, speaks volumes to who you are. Uh, I will say this year we're going to have more veterans and more minorities and more women running for Republican Congress than we've ever had in the history of the United States. That's, that's good. We're going to be reflective of our society uh, and the trends that you're seeing where I think the future of the Republican party is we are the good guys. We are the yep. party that, that are looking out for the best interests of, of minorities and women and everybody in the United States. And I think that's going to uh, really shine through when you see the, the left start moving more and more towards a socialist platform. And we are going to represent the hope for a minority, especially those people that have been lied to and suppressed by the Democratic Party traditionally, as opposed to what they were promising versus what they deliver. And that is why I'm so excited about these midterms, um, is why I talk about them so much on this show and uh, talk about all these candidates that are running in these districts, because this Republican freshman class in both the House and the Senate, there's so many impressive people. Um, but the the, the the crazy thing is that the Democrats, they like to say, oh, diversity is the strength of the Democratic Party. This year, we're highlighting so much diversity in the Republican Party from different backgrounds, different walks of life, um, you know, different ethnicities, different, um, you know, men and women, um, because those are the only two genders. I was going to say different genders, and then I realized there's only two. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, this I'm just really excited for what um, this Republican caucus is going to is shaping up to be and there's still many primaries that are yet to be decided and many general elections that are going to be close races but i'm so glad that you're going to be part of this freshman class and the fact that you're on the show is just amazing so i want to close with a fun lightning round just so our, our listeners get to know a future congressman so are you ready for this rich i'm ready all right, Rich. I'm going to ask you some really tough questions. Okay, these these are these are going to be uh, stumpers. <laughs> okay, let's do it. All right, Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Okay, you're from Georgia, so that's that's obvious. Dogs Easy. or cats? Dogs. What what breed? Uh, Australian Shepherds is my favorite. Oh well, if Hayden was here, he'd be going nuts, but because uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's Australian. All right, Marvel or DC Comics? Marvel. The correct answer is neither. They're both they're both very woke right now. But <laughs> I would say pre twenty fifteen, I would agree with you, Marvel. Who's your favorite I, Marvel superhero? You know, it is Captain America. When I was growing up, I was a huge Wolverine fan. When I used to read the comic, I used to read comic books when they were twenty five cents a piece, and and uh, I remember when they got for seventy five percent cents a, a, a pop. I was kind of upset and and started uh, going elsewhere. But I used to love the X-Men. Now I'm a big Avengers fan. The, the movies were very well done, actually. Yeah, well, in Biden's economy, comic books are like, what, 50 bucks right now? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Now, favorite ice cream flavor. We know what uh, Brandon's favorite ice cream flavor is. He says it all the time. Um, uh, chocolate, chocolate chip. So what is yours? Uh, peppermint. Pe oh, I mine too. It's Mint. Christmas. I know it's Christmas time, but that's a Christmas time uh, ice cream. But I love peppermint ice cream. Now, do you like straight up peppermint ice cream, or do you like mint chocolate chip? I like them both, but you know, if I'm going to go with just like when I'm having one of those days, uh, I do like the peppermint straight up. So it's funny. Mint ice cream is a very polarizing thing. You're either on one side of the of the aisle or you're not. Uh, there's no middle ground. There's no one that I have ever met that has been indifferent to peppermint ice cream. Everyone's like, I either love it or, oh, my God, it's disgusting. Get this get this stuff away from me. 
I will say I, I do like Rocky Road too. I love Rocky Road as well. You know, you're on the good side. Mar- marshmallows are great, right? That's right. You're you're never too old for marshmallows. <laughs> now, um, your favorite musical artist or bands? You know, I, it, it's funny. That's that's been an evolving thing. You know, I'm, I'm an '80s guy. Uh, I used to love Def Leppard. Was my all time favorite when I was growing up. Uh, you know, I'm a big uh, fan of Prince and Michael Jackson. Uh, recently, though, I, I tell you, um, there, there's so many good people. I, I like Bruno Mars, but uh, if I'm going to go like all time bands, you know, Def Leppard's hard to beat for me. What's your uh, favorite Def Leppard song? Oh, gosh, that's a tough one. Um, probably, uh, gosh, that's. You're putting me on the spot here. Now, now I'm uh, photograph is a really good one. Foolin' is a good one. Uh, Pyromania. There, what's so the many song songs. that they um, speak in like false German? Like it's like I thought it was German. Oh, that's Pyromania. That's that's. That's right. <laughs> All right, and your favorite book, and why is it a matter of time? Just kidding. <laughs> yes, it, I love that. Yeah, right. So thank you so much. Uh, you were very generous to uh, allow our family to share in your book, A Matter of Time. Excellent. Uh, I will say that my all, I just finished a really good book by Viktor Frankl, uh, Man's Meaning uh, or a, a Meaning of Man's Life. It's just a phenomenal read. Uh, he was a uh, Auschwitz survivor and a psychotherapist uh, uh, on uh, logotherapy, which is just fascinating. Um, I just finished it today, actually. Oh, wow. and so that's that's a really good book. Uh, Man's Search for Me, I think is what it's called. And it's a really good book uh, on when you struggle. What, why is it that some people in prisoner camps want to survive when they're literally starving? Why would they give your last piece of bread to somebody who's dying? Uh, and why do some people live and some people die when they have uh, – it doesn't even have to do with your health. It's it's a beautiful book on, on what you do when you're in hard times. Uh, another book I really like um, – in a totally different vein was uh, The Creature from Jekyll Island, which is about the formation of the federal banking system, which is uh, the Federal Reserve is neither federal nor is it a reserve. And it's a scary book, but it really gets into government and taxation and spending and, and debt. And it will it'll it'll first it'll make you mad, then it'll make you scary because you'll realize how much uh, we, we shouldn't be doing in this government. And, and then the third book. Uh, I'm sorry, I got to go three because they're totally different books. Gates of Fire by Stephen Pressfield is about the uh, Gates of Thermopylae and that huge battle between the uh, Spartans and uh, and the Persians, and just a phenomenal read of, of what's inside of a warrior's head when you're fighting. Absolutely, that was in the movie 300, right? It is. You know, 300 is an entertaining movie, but this book just crushes it. It's it's much more realistic and it's much more about the the what made that society unique. Yeah, and I love that you brought up A Man's Search for Meaning. I've actually never read that book myself, but I'm a huge Jordan Peterson fan, and Jordan Peterson always talks about that book. And I think a lot of other um, people I listen to, like Andrew Clavin, I think he's mentioned it too. So, Yeah, great book. Just, yeah. just finished it today, and it's free on audiobook. Well, well, I think I know what I'm listening to on my ride home. All right, <laughs> so outside of Georgia, what is your favorite state? And Florida is the correct answer. <laughs> Florida actually is my favorite. We we love going down there to Georgia. We've been down to Miami and Boca Raton multiple times. Uh, spent times in the Keys and Fort Lauderdale. I used to play rugby down in Fort Lauderdale, and uh, and and actually Ybor City is another place that uh, I was just there uh, over the weekend. Yeah, I played. I used to play ITT rugby down there. It's kind of like the uh, team trials for the national team. So. 
played a ton of rugby down there. I used to go to flight school down in Pensacola. So, so, uh, so you've been all over there, Florida. All over Florida. I love Florida. You haven't mentioned Jacksonville, though. You're, you're on Jacksonville's cannons. Oh, wow. I'm yeah. Going, I'll be down there for a, a war veterans uh, event, uh, I think, next month or the next. And uh, uh, and I, I love that whole state has been great to me. And I used to be a Florida resident when I was in flight school there. And, so, and most of my career in the Marine Corps, I was a Florida resident. Well, well, you're definitely an honorary Floridian, Rich. Okay, now we're we're getting into our really tough questions right now. These are these are um you know these are gotcha questions. Okay, ready? <laughs> Got it. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck, so a duck the size of a horse, or a hundred duck-sized horses? So one big duck, duck-sized horses. Yeah, Jeez. one big duck or a hundred you know duck-sized horses. Uh, you know, it's funny is, is they both sound kind of fun. Actually, it sounds like a great, great fight. Although I'd, I'd hate to, if it was a hundred ducks, it would kind of be more fun. But, uh, <laughs> but I think uh, maybe one giant duck, it would be like uh, fighting a dragon that looks really cute. Um, yeah, good answer. I mean, <laughs> last question in your opinion, can a woodchuck actually chuck wood? One hundred percent. I've I've seen the the documentary on it. It's uh it's amazing. Everybody should check it out. Uh, wood woodchucks chuck wood. But wait, they they don't have opposable thumbs though. How can they grab the wood to chuck? Uh, you you can you can grab with your elbows. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I, I saw a commercial on it actually. I think uh, there, it's out there somewhere. Wow, that's <laughs> I, I, I got I got to look I got to look that up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 really crazy. It might be a documentary just like so many other uh, commercials I see, right? Yeah. Well, Rich, thank you so much for joining us. Um, As I said, Georgia's 6th District, um, so the northern Atlanta suburbs. um, General election is on um, November November 8th this year. Yeah, looking forward to it, brother. Hey, always appreciate you, and thanks for everything you do. Uh, you're you're a great patriot, and and we're we're always happy to be associated. You are as well, Rich, and we're um, we're going to be very excited to see you in Congress, and we can't wait to see what you're going to do for us and for this country. And next time I hear from you, I mean, Speaker of the House, President, I'm I'm kidding, <laughs> one step at a time. That's right. We're we're going to do what we can for this great country. Be part of this uh, amazing team of incoming freshmen, which I'm very excited about. Absolutely, Rich. Thank you again for taking the time. And um, yeah, hope hope you and your family have a, a great rest of the week. Thanks so much, Semper Fi.